Welcome to this 2022 New Year's special with Carter Conlon, General Overseer of Times Square Church in New York City. What is the future going to hold? What is it going to hold for our children, for our families? Are we going to plunge into ever-deepening crisis? And if there is confidence, where can that confidence in these days be found? The choices we choose today are going to determine whether or not we are among those who have deep confidence in God. Let's join Carter now with his 2022 New Year's message, Crisis or Confidence? Let me start by just sharing with you from the book of Acts chapter 27 that I have spoken on before in the New Year's moments. For this particular reason, the Lord gave me this chapter of scripture probably 20 to 25 years ago and spoke to my heart that this was going to be the future of America. Now he gave it to me as a message of warning for the nation at a time when everything was going well. The stock market was rising. There seemed to be this, this bright and confident future ahead of us. But in my heart, I had a very deep foreboding about the coming days, that we were going to go into a storm of unprecedented proportions, where things that we had trusted in in the past were going to begin to fall apart. And as the scripture said, men's hearts were going to begin to fail them for fear because of the things that are not only coming upon this world, but things that are beginning to happen in our society. Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 20. Now, the, the scene is that this group of people had undertaken a journey that they were warned by the word of God not to undertake. Paul the apostle speaking for, the, for God himself, he, he told them, he said, I don't take this journey. I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. So Paul was standing there in the stead of God saying, listen, if you persist on this journey, there's going to be much loss. It is going to be disaster in our midst. We're going to lose our supply. We're going to lose our mode of transportation. We're going to lose our security. And we're going to be in danger of losing our lives. Now, the scripture tells us that nevertheless, the people that, were, that owned the ship, the people that were in charge, disregarded the word of God. And literally, as a prisoner, probably put Paul in the belly of the ship and just uh, marginalized him. As much of our society has done with the voice of God, through his church in the last two or three decades in this country. And they looked as if the journey ahead of them was going to be smooth. There was going to be no problems. The wind blew softly. They headed out. But not long after, verse 14 of Acts 27 tells us that there was a, a tempestuous headwind arose. And the ship was caught in this wind and could not head into it. And so they just simply let the ship drive. And here we are trying to survive. And it seems that as American society, we're being buffeted by winds, we're being pushed to the left, to the right. We, we don't seem to have a rudder. We don't know where we're going. There's just blame and confusion that's seemingly at every level in our society. Now, they did everything in their power to undergird this ship, they, and we're doing that today. We're, we're infusing massive amounts of cash into the society and literally bankrupting ourselves as a nation and incurring incredible debt on, next, on future generations that they're not going to be able to sustain. And so they struck sail, they were undergirding the ship, and they just were driven. On the third day, verse 19 says, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Everything that had been used and proven in the past to help people navigate rough waters and circumstances, they threw it all overboard with their own hands. And, and this is the dilemma of throwing away biblical truth, throwing away things that have been proven, throwing away, in a sense, we're throwing out overboard our history, we're throwing overboard statues, we're throwing overboard 
just established patterns of behavior in our society that were based on the Word of God. We're throwing it all overboard with our own hands. Now we get to verse 20 where I begin. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me, and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God, that it will be just as it was told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. You find in this passage of Scripture, there's the mercy of God. There's, there's one praying man in the midst of this, this whole disaster, one man who's not listening to the voices of, of all of the confused multitude around him. He's not listening to the voices of those who perhaps want vengeance or are plotting and planning their own escape. We, we don't know. I'm sure everybody had an opinion at this particular moment of loss and hardship. But Paul the Apostle was praying, and God spoke to his heart. And we see in the message that God gave him the mercy of God. He said, I urge you to take heart. There'll be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. And we're going to be cast upon a certain island. So the, the principle that we see here is that God is merciful. However, decisions still have consequences. I believe we're going to see a mercy moment in America. I believe we're going to see a moment when, when uh, literally millions of people are going to turn, they're going to come back to God, they're going to turn to God, maybe if they already know him, they're going to come to him for salvation if they don't know him. There's going to be a turning in a, a season of fear that will be upon the society and upon the nation. There is mercy. So we see in this passage of Scripture a people on the verge of a of personal disaster. The, tri the trip, the journey is about to be shipwrecked, but God is merciful, and he expresses that mercy through a man who has another value system. He's moving in another realm. He's listening to another voice, the voice of God. He's not listening to his own voice. But nevertheless, even in the midst of mercy, decisions still have consequences. I believe that in America, we're going to land in an unfamiliar place. This nation is going to become a nation that you and I are not familiar with. It's actually happening now. I know there are people listening to my voice this day who are saying, what's happened to us? How did we degenerate so quickly? I don't recognize this country anymore. There there's, seems to be incivility at every level, confusion. We, we are, everything is upside down. What used to be good has now become evil. What used to be evil has now become good. And, and, and I know there's a lot of people just throwing their hands up in despair and saying, what is the future going to hold? What is it going to hold for our children, for our families? Are we going to plunge into ever-deepening crisis? And if there is confidence, where can that confidence in these days be found? Now, Paul said in verses 30 and 31 of Acts chapter 27, and it says, And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow or the, the, the front of the boat, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. So this is instruction number one. Stay with the ship. 
This is what I'm, I'm giving you a word from God today. People who are listening, you're afraid for the future. You, you sense in your heart that America is about to be spiritually shipwrecked. Let, let me put it that way. Maybe financially, militarily. We don't know how deep this, this falling on the rocks for us is going to be, but it is going to be a difficult day. Let's make no mistake about that. But God's word to you is stay with the ship. So how does that apply to me? Proverbs chapter 3 and beginning in verse 5 says these words, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now that's, that's the first principle of staying with the ship. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the promises of God. God promises he will keep you, he will sustain you, he will be with you. There is a divine purpose for your life. Don't seek to save yourself. Let Jesus Christ guide you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Let God's word guide you. And don't try to save yourself by your own understanding. In all your ways, verse 6, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It really just means study the word of God and pray. And God will speak to you. And he promises to be that voice to you that says, this is the way, walk in it. He promises to be that cautionary voice that says, don't turn this way. Don't go there. Don't do this and or do this, whatever the situation might be. But trust him with all your heart. Stay with the ship. You see, the, the soldiers were trying to put these rowboats out in the water and trying to save themselves by their own reasoning. And Paul says, don't do this because if you leave the ship, you're going to perish. Now, that didn't make any sense to the natural mind because in the natural mind, in that particular scenario, this ship was about to fall apart. This ship was about to go to pieces. There was a storm so violent that the waves were going to break it up into pieces. And it didn't make sense to stay upon it when you had a lifeboat and you could get to shore. So they, sometimes the instruction of God does not, it actually conflicts with our natural reasoning. We, we look at what we think is a, a profitable escape route, but the Lord says through Paul, don't take that route. Don't lean on your own understanding. This, I am cautioning you with all of my heart, people that are listening today, in 2022, don't lean on your own understanding. Turn to God with all your heart, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Don't walk in human reasoning and human wisdom. Remember the prophet Isaiah said, the thoughts of God are higher than our thoughts and the ways of God are higher than our ways. So don't be wise in your own eyes. Now the writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. He who promised is faithful. Think of the apostle Paul when he said to the people on the ship, I believe it will be exactly as God has told me. Now, everything in the natural was dictating the opposite. Everything made it look like Paul was going to drown. The people around him were going to drown. The, the, the odds of getting to shore in a storm that fierce were almost zero unless it was a supernatural enablement to get there. But Paul said, I believe it will be exactly as God has promised me. You know, the, Jesus said, for example, in the, in the New Testament, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about where you're going to live. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If the economy fails, what does God's word say? 
Don't spend your whole day worrying about these things. Seek first the kingdom of God. God will lead you. God will direct you. And his promise is that all things you need will be provided. You might not be living in the Taj Mahal, but you will have a roof over your head. God will provide. There'll be food for you. There'll be food for your children. Don't lean on your own understanding. He is faithful. Remember that Paul said, I believe it shall be as God has spoken to me. And you and I have to get there. See, otherwise we'll be driven by the crisis ahead of us. We have to be led by confidence. We have to have this enduring confidence in God that, God, what you promised you, you would do, you will do. I remember back in about 1990 when uh, our house burned down and we lost everything, and, uh, at, uh, Pastor Teresa and I in Canada, I remember one day going out for a jog, and, and we, had, we, we really had no resources. We had no home. We're living in another pastor's house. I have three children. Uh, we don't even have clothes for our children at this particular moment. And I remember going out for a run, and I said, God, I have, I have served you with all my heart, and I have sought your kingdom and your righteousness, and your promise to me is that you will add to me everything that I need. So I simply take you at your word. And I remember going out for a jog, and there was this incredible peace in the midst of personal crisis. There was a confidence that God put into my heart. And I have to tell you that the Lord provided everything that we need and even more. When it was all said and done, and when we had bought a new home and new furniture and new clothing and and, and knew everything, we, we even had leftover to put in the bank for the future. It was absolutely amazing what God did. I'm so thankful that we chose to trust him and not be led by the crisis. The Lord told me, actually, don't tell anybody about your need. Leave it to me and let me provide for you. And it was absolutely amazing what God did. So don't cast away your confidence. Now, later on in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, the writer says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will, not, will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back into perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not of those who try to craft our own way to safety, who cut off, who take the lifeboats and under the pretense of doing something else are just looking to save ourselves at, at the expense of, of everyone else on the journey with us. But we're not of those who draw back. As Paul said, stay with the ship. Stay with the, stay with the word of God. Stay with the confidence that God has placed in your heart through his word. And don't cast away your confidence in time of trial. In the New Testament, in John chapter 6, beginning at verse 66, the scripture tells us this, the scene is, it just got very difficult for a lot, of, a lot of people, people who were really even walking close to Jesus. And, it, and it came, there came a point when they, they just couldn't understand the way forward. They, 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 they couldn't comprehend what God was speaking, and it, it just, it, they, were, they came into, may I call it, a crisis of confidence in God himself. And a lot of people are going to be there in the days ahead. There's, they're going to have a crisis of confidence in, in the Word of God, in the, in the plan of God. Uh, they, they thought they had it all figured out, or maybe they were listening to other voices that were telling them the way things were going to go and the way things were going to be. But when it came to this crisis of confidence in Christ himself, the Scripture says in John chapter 6, verse 66, 
From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Sad to say, the Bible tells us in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. People who, they, to a certain point, they began to follow Christ, and, and they followed him when the wind was soft and the journey was easy, and, and maybe they were, sitting in, they were sitting in places where the whole gospel was just about how to be a better you. I, I don't know, but they, they thought they knew the word of God. They thought they knew the direction of God, but then they came into a crisis of confidence in his leading, in his word, and the things he was saying, and they, they couldn't understand it, and it didn't fit with their self-view. It didn't even fit with their God view, to be honest with you. And they, they just turned back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus turned to the 12, and he said, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also we've come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Sometimes it comes down to just that, just determining to have confidence in God even when you don't understand where he's leading you. You don't understand the circumstances around it, and, and you're, you're reading his word, but you, it doesn't seem to fit your narrative. But yet, Peter made such a wise choice. There's so many who made a wrong choice at this time, and they turned and they walked away and said, well, we didn't sign up for this. We didn't sign up for a storm. We didn't sign up for having to trust and believe that somehow we're going to make it to shore. We can craft our own plan. See, these, these people didn't walk away from religion. They just walked away from Jesus. It's amazing when you look at it. They walked away from his words. They, they crafted their own way to safety. And of course, you and I know that without Christ, you cannot have eternal life. So their way obviously didn't lead them to safety. They drowned in the sea of sin and perdition, as the scripture tells us that they would. But there's a point in every Christian life where we don't necessarily understand the future, but we make the decision that Simon Peter and, and those with him made, said, who are we going to go to? You have the words of eternal life. You see, we, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of the living God. We're not going to take away from that. Remember his promise. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and the promise is that he will direct your paths. And other than Judas, those who stayed with Jesus Christ at this time, God was faithful. He did direct their path. They are in heaven today, and we will get to rejoice with them in the not-too-distant future. And so when it comes time in your life where you don't fully understand what's going on around you, don't cast away your confidence in God. Stay with the ship. That's what Paul told the people that were traveling with him to do, and those who stayed, all of them did, of course, they all made it to land. And the interesting thing is, when they got there, the power of God began to be revealed. Isn't that amazing? I think in America, we're going to see the power of God again, but we might be in a strange place. And remember, it was raining, it was cold, uh, a snake had just bit Paul on the hand, and the, the first miraculous thing that happened on that shore was that a venomous snake that should have caused Paul to die right on the spot was just shaken off into the fire. And people began to see the power of God, not only the power to get them through the storm, but the power to keep them from the, the poisoning, in a sense, that's going on in this present world. There's, our, our discussions are poison. Our, our political discourse has become poison. Our news media are poisoning the public. And, and as, as we go through the storm, God is going to give us the power to not be taken by that poison. And the next thing that happened is healing began to be manifested supernaturally by the power of God. And I, I think we're going to live to see that 
in this coming time of crisis that we're going to go through, that those who have confidence in God are not going to be uh, infused with the poison of this, the discourse of this present time, and there's going to be a healing start flowing through their lives, uh, helping people to find their way to God, helping them to spiritual health and physical health. The second thing that Paul told them in verse 32 is cut off all escape routes. It says the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall. So don't, don't look for any way out apart from God. Don't craft your own plan. You know, you can, you can order all of the <laughs> MREs that you want, but I mean, that's not going to preserve you in the days ahead. This, it's God that's promising to preserve you. Remember Jesus Christ said, you are sealed in the hand of the Father, and nobody can take you out of the hand of the Father. Now, the third thing and the last thing that Paul told them to do in verses 33 and 34, it says, as the day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, today is the 14th day you have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. Take food. Paul said, you have been, you have been, you've been waiting to get through this trial, but while you're waiting, you haven't been eating. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Remind them of these things, Paul said to Timothy, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit. In other words, get yourself away from endless discussions about nothing that go nowhere. Move away from these things. It says these, these discussions lead to the ruin of the hearers. Verse 15, he says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. That means you will not be triumphed over, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Now, the, the promise of God was not a hair of your head will perish. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to lose a hair as you're trying to swim to shore. It really means you're an eternal creation. The plan of God ahead of you is sure, and it will be performed. Whatever God has for your life and for your eternity will not perish. Don't forget that. You're an eternal being. You're in the hands of God. And whatever God's purpose is for your life will not be overcome by whatever storm or whatever crisis you're going to have to go through. His exhortation to the people on the ship is you've been going without food for quite some time. And a lot of people have been in church and you've been living on an extremely light fare, if you've been eating at all. I'm talking to a lot of Christians today. You're not even, you've not been in your Bible for weeks. You don't spend time studying the Word of God. You're not in prayer, so you don't know the promises of God. If you don't know God's promises, how will you ever have confidence to get through the storm that's ahead of you? You've not been eating, Paul said. You've spent 14 days. You're waiting for deliverance, but while you're waiting, you're not eating. So he said, now it's time to eat. And the original King James says, take some meat. I love it that way. Take, take something of substance. Stop living on biblical fluff. Listen to preaching. Listen to the word of God that is challenging you, that is going to the depths of your heart, that is bringing you to a place of, of confidence, no matter how deep the storm around you might become. And then lastly, I love this, and I've, I've, I've spoken about it so many times that I think it's become part of my character, but in verse 35 and 36, it says, when Paul had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all, and when he had broken it, he began to eat, and they were all encouraged and took food themselves. So, so here, 
Here's a man, just one man, who's celebrating the faithfulness of God. And he's, he's so confident in God in the time of crisis around him that his confidence becomes infectious and starts to, to speak to other lives. And, and, and your confidence in God in the days ahead will be an encouragement to your children, to your husbands, to your wives, to your family members, to your friends, to your neighbors, as they see your confidence in God, they too will be given confidence to go through their crisis. So Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let us not put this word away. We're about to go through a time of crisis, but oh God, you promise to be our confidence in this time. You promise to give us a sure word, a confidence that cannot be taken away and will actually become infectious. Thanks for joining us today for this 2022 New Year's special with Carter Conlon of Times Square Church in New York City. For more information, log on to carterconlon.com. That's carterconlon.com.